KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is the Rundown, Philadelphia's local news podcast. I'm Jay Scott Smith here with Sabrina Boyd Circa and Brian Seltzer. When I say David Bowie, you say Icon, Legend, Namesake of My Cat. <laughs> I do truly. I have a cat named Bowie. I did not name him because he's sort of my uh, stepchild. My husband and his former roommate had him before I did. So they picked out the names. But, you know, I say Bowie and I always think of think of my cat. You think of the, <laughs> you think of the kitty. How about you, Brian? Transcendent, versatile, his own human being. I say influential because it even had influences across every possible genre, including hip hop. He had an influence on getting black artists onto MTV in the early 80s, basically openly calling them out for things of that nature. This guy meant a lot to a lot of people, and today is the sixth anniversary of his death. It's kind of hard to believe it's been six years. A lot of people have Bowie on the brain. He also had some pretty strong ties to the city of Philadelphia, and his fans have created something to look forward to each year on January 10th, the anniversary of his passing. It's Philly Loves Bowie Week. We'll talk about that today on this episode of the podcast. But first, let's get to a rundown of today's headlines. This was something that kind of caught a lot of people off guard late in the evening last night. Bob Saget, Philadelphia native, died where they found him dead in a hotel room in Orlando. He's 65 years old. He had just gotten done performing. He was back on the road doing his stand-up act. But suddenly we lost Bob Saget last night. It truly came out of nowhere. He had just tweeted that morning saying how much he loved his show that he had just done. You know, from all impressions, he was vibrant, healthy, and loving his life. We still don't know exactly what happened, but everyone is kind of in mourning now, especially Philadelphia since he was from here and went to Abington Senior High School, Temple University. KYW anchor Jeff Ash was good friends with him. He talked a little bit, gave some of his initial thoughts on air earlier today. He genuinely was a good guy. He was always nice to not only me, but my family, my friends. I was proud to call him a friend. He was crazy, but good crazy. He was the sweetest, nicest guy, but he would always do these outlandish things. We're going to hear more from Jeff tomorrow. Some memories, some uh, stuff we might not know about Bob Saget's life. Go play some reruns of Full House and... Or or in my case, pulling out the movie Half-Baked. Mm. Exactly, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing, that's the thing about Bob Saget is that, yeah, we knew him from Full House, America's Funniest Home Videos. He was the prototypical good guy, America's dad. And then I was in college and realized just how delightfully filthy Bob Saget actually was oh, when, yeah. he, when he did his act. He said things that I cannot repeat on this podcast, but because of my sense of humor, I found them extremely hilarious. And here's what he posted on Instagram. It's turned out to be his last Instagram post from early in the day yesterday because he was down in, in Orlando. He said, I had no idea I did a two-hour set tonight. I'm back in comedy like I was when I was 26. I guess I'm finding my new voice and loving every moment of it. And he was gone about 12 hours later. Yeah, definitely um, very eerie to read that post. Um, I guess I try to always look at things with a positive light and in some way suppose that 
I'm happy for him that he was able to experience that and come to that realization um, at some point. But th- this was definitely for me um, an oh no uh, text response when someone texted me the TMZ article that had the news about his death. And, you know, it's, it's really um, funny that, and I'm trying to think of the meaning for it, that over the years that after Full House ended, so I'm in my mid-30s and I 100% grew up on this show. Uh, reruns, like this was right in my wheelhouse when I first started getting screen time from my parents. Um, was part of the whole TGIF Friday night lineup on ABC with uh, Step by Step, all, all that stuff. And even though Full House went away in the mid-90s, there were iterations of it that still always kept finding their way back at some point. Like, we couldn't fully give up this notion of Danny Tanner and the Tanner family. I forgot about this, but when I wikied Bob Saget and looked up his career, there was the show Raising Dad on the WB in the early 2000s where Saget starred as a, a widowed dad raising two teenage daughters. And then Full House, Fuller House came back on Netflix. So we could never really give up the Tanners, or maybe particularly Danny Tanner. I think that says something, that there was that enduring quality about that role and how Bob Saget did it, where we just could never fully say goodbye to that. He was that rare guy who was able to straddle the line of being extremely funny, family-friendly, this kind of just good guy icon. And then on the other side of it, he was an incredible stand-up comic who was every bit the opposite of the guy that you (laughs) saw. And a lot of that was quintessential Philadelphia, too. He's Philly native. He's a Philly guy. And the more you start to really think about it, it makes total sense. He's a Philly guy. He does. He gives off that really genuine, friendly vibe, but also... Yeah, you could imagine him using some of that language at an Eagles game at the same time. (laughs) So it works out. He was a cultural icon in a lot of ways, and I don't think we really fully recognize that until we suddenly lose him. And and as Sabrina mentioned, we will be talking with Jeff Ash, one of my fellow anchors here here on the station tomorrow, about his friendship with, and it sounds so weird to say this, the late Bob Saget. People around the city have been rushing to help the victims of last week's massive fire in Fairmount. That fire was just five days ago, and apparently so have animals. And emotional support dogs from the crisis response canines are helping victims, residents, and first responders heal. I love this story. I love the healing power of animals. We heard from Sophia Barrett, who is one of the volunteers with this organization, who volunteers with her dog, Teddy. It's always an honor to like be the reason someone might smile in a time like this. He's my best friend, and I love that we can volunteer together. Nothing quite makes anybody smile than a really friendly dog walking into the room. Yeah, guys, I think that this fallout from the fire in Fairmount is going to be with people for a very long time. So whatever it takes to start the process of healing, not just for the family itself that was affected, but by everyone who responded and is trying to help put that part of the city back together. I think it's great. As many creative solutions as there can be for that, let's do it. People are in need right now, especially after that fire. For one, just for the fact of the actual loss itself, the loss of physical property, plus 12 people dead, eight kids. It's a psychological toll that's taken on a lot of people, and it helps to have every possible resource, including having really adorable dogs come in. And considering what we just saw yesterday in New York City with that fire, I know they're going to be needing a lot of help, too, It wouldn't surprise me at all if you start seeing more things such as the crisis response canines, which, again, nothing makes your day better 
than a bunch of adorable dogs suddenly walking in a room to just help you out, even if you just need to hug on them for a second. We also saw a whole bunch of stories over the weekend of other organizations that are helping out. So if you, as a human, want to contribute and help these families in a time of need, the fund for the school district of Philadelphia is taking donations. Children First is taking donations, and they actually raised over $30,000 in the first 24 hours after this fire. So just another example of really, really tragic event. But Philadelphia, especially, our community comes together when we need to and, and supports our people. And honestly, speaking of supporting our people, we do need something else to kind of make you feel a little bit better here. And we introduce you to Era Matthews. She's been named Philadelphia's new Poet Laureate. Now, that's already pretty cool in and of itself, but it Turns out that it also comes three years after her son, Wes, was named the city's student poet laureate. So it literally runs in the family with this level of creativity. Yeah, she talked about how proud she was that her son started doing poetry. And then it's kind of funny that he got there first as a student poet laureate. You always hear about kids following in their parents' footsteps. And now this mother is following in her son's footsteps, which is really cool. Um, you can hear... Her full poem, Black Ecstatic Ode, on our website, kywnewsradio.com. But here is a short clip from it. Praise to the father holding his sleeping daughter on the 52nd Street trolley. To the daughter sleeping through the pothole from. Praise to the diabetic with shorn feet and sugarcane blood. To the shooting nerve through the left hip and lower spine. To those flying gods on their routes. Praise to the red-headed Rasta in his ganja lace t-shirt, to the Vietnam vet at Cass Corridor holding his sign, to the sign which reads, not homeless, just black. What a reference there to the Cass Corridor, taking that to the Motor City. That's always going to strike, strike a code with me. But that's just, you know, something about the city of Philadelphia that's always amazed me. I've been here six years, and it's people such as her. There's such a great level of creativity in this city that I don't think people get outside of it. It's why this city resonates with me so much. It reminds me so much of just that energy, that vibe, that fire that's here. There are so many people who are so gifted and clearly she raised a son who was just as gifted. If he's the city's student poet laureate, you can see where it came from. It's just remarkable. I, and yes, as Sabrina mentioned, that poem is on our website, kywnewsradio.com, if you want to hear the whole thing. Clearly, it's pretty captivating where just a 30-second snippet of it had enough for, to kind of stop me in my tracks. Well, she grabbed UJ with that Detroit reference because she lived there for a while, but she also was raised in and around the Philadelphia area in Trenton and Bucks County, went to Penn before she went to Detroit. I love that in just that brief snippet, how vivid and deep some of those details were. I thought that was really neat. That poem really just feels like a celebration of black life, the good, the bad, and the often difficult, but celebrating all of those things that make it. And I think you just definitely go listen to it on our website. You can also see some of her poetry around town in the near future. Philadelphia's poet laureates are always asked to do some kind of project to engage city residents with poetry. So she is mounting some text-based public art installations with pieces of her poems. So uh, we'll we'll keep you posted and let you know when and where you can see those. We will definitely keep you posted on that. And speaking of poetry and artistry, David Bowie passed away on this day six years ago. And on this anniversary of his death, we learned why David Bowie had such a strong connection to the city of Philadelphia and how Philadelphia continues to celebrate 
long after he left this earth. And we'll get to that coming up next. You're listening to The Rundown. Welcome back to The Rundown. I'm Jay Scott Smith here with Sabrina Boyd-Circa and Brian Seltzer. And as we mentioned, today is the sixth anniversary of the passing of the legendary David Bowie. And he had such a strong connection to the city of Philadelphia. And this week is Philly Loves Bowie Week. And Brian and Sabrina sat down and had a conversation about what Philly Loves Bowie Week is. And Jay, we are not going to go this David Bowie journey alone. We're also going to bring in KYW News Radio's Justin Udo and Andre Bennett. What's up, guys? Hey, hey, how are you doing today? Doing fine. It is a day to consider and appreciate the memory of one of the greats in rock and roll history. Let's start with this. Philadelphia has Philly Loves Bowie Week. Justin, you've talked to some people about this year's event. It's been going on for a while. Tell us what is Philly Loves Bowie Week all about and why Philadelphia has such a strong connection to Bowie. So as a lot of Bowie fans or people that are just casual fans of Bowie know that um, his album, Young Americans, that he did in the 70s, it was recorded right here in Philadelphia. Um, but more importantly than that, he, he called Philly home for about a year while he was doing that. Um, and even after that, he just had a strong connection to the city throughout the 70s, the 80s. The city always loved coming here, whether it was going a, a huge venue or going to the Tower Theater. Um, he, he loved Philadelphia and it reflected in some of the music um, where he was drawn towards and just just um and just hit him in general he so he talked about Philly a lot and it wasn't just a one-sided relationship people in the city really gravitated towards Bowie too and a lot of those people grew up with his music and then at his passing they said you know what what better way can we honor him than to then to do something for him in terms of let's just showing a little love on how he's made such a big impact in our lives so that's really what it stemmed from a few years ago it started off with one or two events and then stretched out to just a number of events over a seven and even 10 day period at times. Andre, we had to have you on because we know that in the newsroom, you're about as big of a Bowie fan as there is. Have you taken part in, well, I guess this year's Philly Loves Bowie Week so far or past year's events? Past year's, yes. I, would, I went to, uh, I did the Bowie Oki. <laughs> Uh, run by uh, Sarah Cher, which is uh, which is great. But the, the thing with Boyoki, which is at Johnny Brenda's, the cool thing about it is you're doing karaoke on stage at Johnny Brenda's, so you feel like like a freaking rock star. But the thing is, everyone there mostly knows maybe a handful of songs well enough to sing. So you're gonna he- you hear a lot of Let's Dance and Rebel Rebel, especially Rebel Rebel. Um, so I end up doing, uh, TVC one five from station to station because I know no one's going to try to sing that. Any moon um, age daydreams. I feel like that might be, there's some notes in that that might be tough to hit. I think I've heard a couple of people try that. Okay. But yeah, it is kind of hard to, I, I, I thought about it. I, no, I'm not that adventurous. But on a normal karaoke night, or at least, you know, once upon a time, you know, back when I used to do karaoke in the before times when it was, you know, safe to just do that without a thought, Let's Dance or Cat People would totally just be my starter. It is possible to do at-home karaoke, I will say. I have done it. It's very fun. It was a... Oh, I, I have too. Um, I did three straight birthday parties at home just with a, a home karaoke setup. Nice. And... Uh, it was fun as hell. Even just, there I'm talking sing. like 
me and my husband by ourselves in the pandemic doing karaoke. We might have to bring that back this week with some with some Bowie songs. But I'm curious. So there's Bowieoke. What are some of the other events that go on during Philly Loves Bowie Week? Well, there are a number of events, um, and it's it's interesting. There is the the big thing I did a story on last week is the National Liberty Museum. They have a special um, exhibition exhibit dedicated to Bowie, and it is 70 different pieces from 39 artists around the world talking about and showing how uh, how Bowie impacted just their uh, their art and their lives. And so we're getting things from visual artists. We're getting things. Um, uh, in different ways, a lot of different art forms. So that was that's kind of the big staple for this year's Philly Loves Bowie. Um, but there are still a number of dance parties. There's a number of different things they started the other day, and um, and they're going to continue on. It's great to see that the event is still being sustained in some way, shape, or form, even with Omicron and COVID going on in the background. We know there were a series of concerts scheduled throughout the week that had to be postponed push to later in the year, some of them even canceled. But I think, Justin, to speak to the fact of what you just brought up, that here we have um, an exhibit at uh, the National Liberty Museum about a, a rock star, a music star. Why does this guy resonate so much? It seems like there's this transcendent factor. There are a lot of popular and successful musicians out there. Not every one of them has an exhibit at the National Liberty Museum. I think the big thing for me to speak on that is that, you know, he represents, especially here in Philadelphia, he represents freedom. He represents pushing the limits. He represents um, he represents the fringes that can become mainstream. And, and he's a first. He's an originator of that. So I think he has given so many people the confidence to be themselves, to push the boundaries. And, to, and if the world doesn't like you or accept you, just keep on enjoy being you, and eventually, um, someone will, and people will will pick up what 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 it is you're doing. So I think a lot of people, if you've ever had or have been looked at as as a person on the fringe, or you haven't been accepted, but you you feel comfortable in your skin, and even if you're not, Bowie gives you that comfortability until you can stand on your own. So I think for a lot of people, um, whether you see it or not, with them, they they can get a lot of that that confidence. They can get a lot of that kind of just funk from Bowie say, you know what? If I want to wear my pink fedora outside today and, and no one likes it. I don't care. I'm going to be dancing in the street and I, I'm, I'm going to do it. And eventually someone's going to, someone's going to recognize it and say, Hey, you might brighten someone's day with it. So I think, I think he was always that different ray of sunshine for a lot of people. So it really made, um, it really, it really helped people uh, feel accepted with it. I always say Bowie is one of my art heroes because he is, he was, first and foremost, an artist, um, even when he was a pop success in the eighties, he was still an artist. Even he might debate <laughs> many might debate a couple albums there. Um, even when he was putting out tonight and never, never let me down, even if the music was, you know, not the best of his career he was still you know just trying to figure out what he could do as far as just video and film he was um he did these uh, long form videos uh for the tonight album for like blue jean and china girl now china girl is actually let's dance but you know he was doing these long form videos for for uh, for those with julian temple he did labyrinth with jim henson he he had his finger and that's the other thing with bowie is just like like there's so many different versions of him 
that everyone can kind of find the one that they gravitate towards. There's Ziggy Stardust, there's uh, Aladdin Sane, there's Halloween Jack, there's Let's Dance Bowie, there's Drum and Bass 90s Bowie, early 90s uh, R&B crooner Bowie, there's Tin Machine Bowie, you know, 2000s New York Dad Bowie. I had a bunch of cosplay friends and I used to say we should do like the League of David Bowie's at a convention. (laughs) And I would invariably call Thin White Duke, even though Thin White Duke is not a character that anyone wants to gravitate towards because he was the apex of Bowie's Coke period. I could talk about Bowie like all all day. Well, with Andre saying that, I know one thing me and him discussed in jest. But um, with with me and Andre, you never know. We we might turn something funny into reality. Uh, was was doing our own remake of uh, Dancing in the Streets with uh, Bowie. So um, if if anyone remembers that video with him and him and uh, Mick, but uh, me and Andre have been known to um, push the limit with things. So we might get a Justin and Andre Bowie. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, Bowie is uh, he is. He's very slippery in a way because there's so many different versions and he was so good at reinventing himself and just staying on the pulse of music and and art. I mean, from glam rock to just kind of electronic, uh, a lot of ambient stuff during the uh, Berlin period. He um, experimented with um, all sorts of just different styles. He more or less created new wave on uh, Heroes and Lodger, basically. Scary Monsters was basically, that that whole album was supposed to be his rebuke towards artists like uh, Gary Newman, who came about, you know, sort of, you know, borrowing his uh, his style, his swag. It's hard to really kind of pin down an artist like David Bowie. You know, there, there's so many different, uh, there's so many different versions and you know, there's no wrong answer as to which one, you know, you love the most or which one speaks to you the most, which one or ones, you know. He really did transcend generations. I remember when he passed, I was working for Universal Music Group and I was visiting like the headquarters in New York and we all got like the notifications. We saw the news coming in and everyone in the room, whether it was me, probably one of the younger people there and then or an older manager, were all like, oh, my God. How do we carry on talking about new music right now when this news just came down? Um, so, and, you know, I'm sure everyone experienced that and felt that moment in their own ways. But I do feel like it was one of those where it's like, you remember where you were. Everybody remembers this and everybody has some, knows his music, connects to his music in some way. I remember where I was um, when I found out. I actually didn't find out until the following morning because at the time I was working morning drive. I walk into the newsroom and Tim McLaughlin says, uh, I think you need to sit down. And I kind of caught a glimpse of his screen and it said David Bowie dead. And I was just like, oh, my God. And my, my stomach just fell, you know, because not only did Bowie die, but two two days earlier on his birthday, he released one of his best albums ever, Black Star. Mm-hmm which I thought was kind of like a roadmap forward for him because it was the first time he recorded like with like a jazz band. He was inspired by Kendrick Lamar in that way. There's a lot of exciting musical directions 
uh, that he was going into. And uh, I didn't I, I didn't even, you know, realize that it was him saying goodbye. That album took on a whole a whole new meaning for a lot of people, myself included, uh, when he died. But it was just um, it was just a horrible day. It was a horrible day. I could talk about him forever, and I apologize. No, I feel like we need a music history podcast with you, Andre, like a whole series. (laughs) Yeah, because I'm I love this, and I love learning all of this. Obviously, I'm a music person. We need we need more time to get deep into it. The funny thing about oh, I shouldn't say funny, but one of the things about Philly Loves Boy Week is one of the organizers, the the lady who owns Doobie's Bar, she was one of the Sigma kids who hung out in the studio. While he was recording um, Young Americans. And Andre, she, her, her alongside with Robert Drake, they really helped kind of propel the week. And I would be remiss if I forgot to say a little earlier, um, with Philly Loves Bowie Week, um, there are, and you you asked Brian a lot about different things going on. Um, a big thing when it comes to whether it's the exhibits that are all for sale or Federal Donuts has a special Bowie donut that they're selling. Um, a lot of things going on and a lot of money is being raised for the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. So not only do we get to honor Bowie Doran this week and take a look past and forward, but also uh, money raised is going to go to CHOP. Really good point. I don't make this all about Philadelphia, but in some ways is Philly loves Bowie week. Is this a Philadelphia story? I feel like this is what separates Philly from other cities. Like there's so many other cities out there in this country that are passionate about things that feel strongly about things. But (laughs) I feel like this is such a Philly thing. We take something we love. We honor a guy or a person who did our city well, and then we turn it into this whole friggin' week. I feel like in some ways this speaks to like Philadelphia's rabid passion about things that sometimes I think it gets lost in just looking at sports. I think the city is so into so many other things. I, I feel it's like a Philadelphia thing. I think you're right. And Brian, another thing too um, with it is, as you talked about a lot of events being postponed where they're obviously the week started, um, but they're not calling it, um, everyone's not calling it um, Philly Loves Bowie week right now. And they're just calling it Philly Loves Bowie 2022. So kind of just an extension of him throughout this year. Yeah, Philly, I mean, Bowie, okay, so Bowie was a New Yorker mainly towards the end of his life is like he settled in New York with him on. They had a daughter, but Philadelphia, we, we love things hard and it, and you're right. It goes beyond sports, but we recorded like, you know, he recorded live albums here. He performed here at uh, the tower at uh, the old RFK stadium. Uh, I think the spectrum also another, another connection I wanted to mention Bowie recorded, he narrated a recording of Peter and the Wolf performed by the Philadelphia Orchestra. Um, He took Philly's soul and turned it into the plastic soul of young Americans. That album is like if you if if a Martian was covering like the Delphonics, you know, (laughs) that's that's kind of what it sounds like. It's it's an amazing album. I love it. But yeah, he, he was this guy who. For many people, through his constant reinvention, seemed unknowable. On one hand, he seemed like this mysterious rock star, but on the other hand, he seemed like just this dude that you would probably just love to, um, you know, have a beer with. He was, like I said, all things to all people. Now, we're not in the business of really putting people on the spot here on The Rundown, but I do wonder, given the subject matter that we're discussing and the day that it is, should we, could we request that Andre gives us a little bit of Bowie Oki on the way out the door? Do we dare put him on the spot? 
put him under that type of pressure. Are we allowed to do this? Uh, is this legally? Uh, we we I genuinely can someone, don't can someone can someone call Odyssey legal? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. We may just need to have uh, the the background music fading in in our minds because everyone, yeah. you know, pick your Bowie song. Imagine it fading in as we head towards the credits here. <laughs> what I'd like to say in, in lieu of a song for um, me um, to kind of bring things back full circle with Bowie. Um, I hope me and Andre, one of our first things we've ever bonded over are comics and cartoons. And um, if you all get a chance, David Bowie's 1979 Space Oddity comics. It's very, very just picture oriented and everything around there. We've got to wrap this up. But before we go, first of all, where, if people want to go out and celebrate, remember, learn more about David Bowie, where can they find more about Bowie Week or Philly Loves Bowie 2022? There is a link to it on our website, kywnewsradio.com. I have done multiple stories that should be up there, too, so they can see um, who's hosting events, what events are going on, and um, just how to get in on a fun week or few months for a good cause. Of course. And where can people follow both? I'll start with Justin, then Andre. Uh, where can people follow more of what you're doing, whether it's Bowie related or beyond? For me, it's on Twitter. I'm at Justin Udo, um, where you'll see just different um, pictures and haiku of stories I go out on or things just around Philly. And you can also follow me on Instagram at Avatar Udo, where that is just totally dedicated to one of my fun and favorite pastimes, which is my haiku writing. I love that. Of that and Andre, where are you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Andre Bennett Go. Well, I think we can hopefully agree this group to put two things on the to do list for Philly Loves Bowie Week 2023. Let's try and do it at the tower and then make sure we have all the legal requirements to make sure Andre can give us a rendition of whatever Bowie song he wants to. Can we all agree on that for next year? You're also gonna have to bring like a lot of beer. Done. I can do that. <laughs> uh, thanks for thanks for having me, guys. Like I said, I could talk about David Bowie for um, for hours on end. Thanks so much for joining us and sharing your knowledge, Justin. Thanks for joining us as well. Thank you. I hope you all have a good rest of your day. And there you have it. That was Andre Bennett and KW News Radio's Justin Udo sharing some love for David Bowie and talking about Philly loves Bowie Week here on the sixth anniversary of his passing. We want to thank them for coming on today with us. We want to thank you for checking out this edition of The Rundown, which is a production of KYW News Radio Original Podcast. The show is produced by Sabrina Boyd-Circa and Brian Seltzer. The director of podcasting for KYW News Radio is Tom Rickard. Me, I'm Jay Scott Smith. You can follow me on Twitter at Jay Scott Smith. That's real Jay Scott Smith on Instagram and Facebook. And you can hear me every afternoon on KYW News Radio starting at 3 o'clock for Philadelphia's Afternoon News. It's on KYW News Radio 103.9 FM and 1060 AM. You can also be sure to follow The Rundown on Twitter at The Rundown PHL. Again, The Rundown PHL. That's all one word. You can listen to The Rundown for free right here on the Odyssey app or just about wherever you get your podcasts. We want to thank you for checking out this Monday edition of The Rundown.